This is the DL Power Couple Podcast. I'm Dominique. And I'm Miss Latrice. Coming at you. Today's topic is post-concussion syndrome part three. Now, I know we've talked about post-concussion syndrome a lot, but it's had profound effects on both my life and Miss Latrice's, and it's still affecting our lives today. So, in the second episode on post-concussion syndrome, we talked about um, Latrice's effects today and more recently. Mm -hmm. And then in the third episode, we're going to talk about the effects it had on me Mm -hmm. then and now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So, Dominique, when I was initially injured, what was going through your head? So, one, I'm like, okay, this seems bad. Mm -hmm. Really bad. And instantly, you were different. Like, there were things that, there were certain accommodations you needed mm-hmm. and things like that. And um, I figured that you had a concussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though they told me I didn't. Yes. All right. So then fast forward, I think it was like a week or two later when they actually did say that I had a concussion and more so rather it was post-concussion syndrome. How did this start to affect your daily schedule? Well, first off, I wanted for you to be able to get treated mm-hmm. in the best ways possible. But um, once your treatment started, I had to wake up like early before my classes and take you to the doctor on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. If not every week, maybe every other week. It was like every day there, for yeah. different reasons. Like there was different parts of my brain or different parts of my body that had something wrong. So it was like every day or every other day you ended up having to take me to the doctor. Yeah. And I remember um, going to Riggs mm-hmm. and they were helping you fill out like insurance information and stuff like that and apply for the insurance. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot going on, mm-hmm. but the biggest change really was I went from kind of just coasting and kind of gliding through college to things prioritizing in my mind very quickly. Mm-hmm. And none of the college experience really mattered if Latrice wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess you can look at that a lot of different ways. Um in some ways, it makes sense. In some ways, it doesn't. But as far as I was concerned, college was cool. But mm-hmm. as far as what it was offering me at the time, um, it was just really getting on my nerves. And I had something to focus on now. Like, I wanted to make sure that Latrice could live the life she wanted to live, mm-hmm. regardless of what happened during her dance class. Mm-hmm. And so as far as like how you were mentally, what was it like? Like I had to have the lights off. How did that affect you with it always being in the dark? Well, Latrice will tell you that I didn't want to do my work because mm-hmm. the lights was off. Um, so, yep, said that just for Latrice. No, it's not that you didn't want to do your work. You just didn't do your Like, before the concussion, you would actually, whether you wanted to or not, you would push yourself to do it. But the minute the lights had to go off, you weren't trying to do anything. And it wasn't just because, oh, this is for Latrice. It was just... With the lights being off, it's almost putting you in that, like, chill, for real, for real, chill zone. It doesn't make you want to feel like you can work. I think the hardest part of the whole experience was the first part because I'm figuring, me coming from a financially stable background where my parents were in the military, or had been in the military, so I was on TRICARE, Mm -hmm. and TRICARE is a really good insurance. I mean, people literally get married because of it. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all the military people who just laughed at that. Um, (laughs) But yeah. People literally get married because of it. It's a great insurance. Mm -hmm. So I've always been covered, whereas Latrice wasn't at first, Mm -hmm. right? So we come from two different backgrounds. So it was my first, it was my first first firsthand look. I knew I was going to say first more than once Mm -hmm. at 
what happens when you're not covered. Right. They still know that you need treatment. Mm -hmm. They still know that if you don't get the treatment, you'll get worse. But it's just a bunch of, we can't do anything right now. Right. It was absolutely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. And then Latrice was telling me that, like, some of the doctors weren't taking what she said seriously. Yeah. And that sucks because it wasn't until later that I learned that there's this phenomenon where sometimes doctors won't listen to black women. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, I've, I don't, I don't, I didn't know that. I think I just learned that this year. Yeah. So this stuff happened, what, three years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just learned that this year. Now, I know it sounds crazy. It sounded crazy to me, too. I don't understand what separates black women from everybody else. And this happens to a lot of people. But it's just that as far as people who are not listened to by doctors, black women are going to have the biggest voice of that group because mm -hmm. this happens to a lot of people. But if the doctor, for whatever reason, whether it's them personally, whether it's just the way the profession works or the culture of the building or anything, there's so many factors. Mm -hmm. If they don't take what you say as seriously as they would, they would take what somebody else says, you're basically having to deal with more just based on your doctors choosing to be ignorant of what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. To to misdiagnose, to not look deeper into things, to not give what you're saying a chance. Right. You know, it, it's ridiculous. And I mean, like I said, I know I said black women for this because Miss Latrice happens to be a black woman. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's a lot of situations where the doctor just really won't listen. Or if it's outside their expertise, they really can't tell you much. You just screwed. But they won't look you in the eye and say, that's outside of my expertise. I can't tell you. They'll just act like what you're saying isn't. Valid. That yeah doesn't hold weight, mm -hmm. and that's that's not the right way to do things, especially when you're in a situation where it's high pressure. Like, if Latrice would have got certain treatments, her life would, would look a little bit different now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, right away. Yeah, so it was a hard time being on the sidelines and just looking at something like that. It was a hard time because that would have never happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like, there would have never been a time where the insurance would would be telling me, or where the doctors would be telling me something other than what I'm telling them. Right. That just isn't going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to watch. And so it's a year later. It's now 2018 and I'm still having the symptoms. So how does that affect you then one year later, knowing that, you know, we thought this was going to be done within three to six months and the symptoms are still here? Um, I mean, it was an adjustment. So once I saw how it was affecting you, so it was affecting your speech. Mm -hmm. You would be stumbling over words in the middle of your sentences. Mm -hmm. You'd be forgetting things short term and forgetting what you were about to say right as you were about to say it. Mm -hmm. You're reading, you, you couldn't read as well anymore like or like you used to. And then there were balance issues. Mm -hmm. So it was like physical and mental and mental and mental. <laughs> they were, <laughs> they were physical and mental things going on. Mm -hmm. And it was just a big adjust, uh, adjustment. So after I see that it's not just going to go away, mm -hmm. I just start realizing that the person I once knew is no longer who I'm addressing. Mm -hmm. And that's no longer what I should be expecting. Right. And that's for that's for Miss Latrice's sake. I don't want to expect things of her that, that, that aren't there mm -hmm. or that were there and now circumstantially are not there. Right. So it was me just making sure I'd be the best person I could be. And then... I didn't read up on post-concussion post syndrome, but one thing I knew was just to be patient. Mm -hmm. Patience can be the difference between a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, between understanding and just being mad or anything. like. <laughs> but just make sure I remain patient and, yeah, be there. 
Yeah, so it's 2018, which is also the year that we're graduating. So how did me having post-concussion syndrome up through graduation, how did you think that affected your future work decisions or just what, what you plan to do after college? So, okay, so 2018 comes around, we're about to graduate. Um, well, basically, since Latrice was really busy, I'm just watching her kind of kind of like be out in public holding everything together but no like nobody sees when she's back at the room and she's tired and you know the just the stresses of the day and everything and nobody sees that part they just mm-hmm. see how busy she is and how productive she is outside of that mm-hmm. right so i'm i'm seeing that and she was very busy and um you said about my mindset or what yeah just like you knew that you were still having to take care of me and things like that so like how did that affect what you would have initially done um when it comes to like graduating from school, well, what did, how did that change? Okay, well, it went from just a straight line, ridiculous kind of plan that I was handed. Mm-hmm. Just go out, work for some corporation and whatever. To I had to keep it real. Like after Latrice got her concussion and my priorities lined up, I stopped doing work. I mean, there were times where I wouldn't turn assignments in for any of my classes, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it wasn't that extreme, but there were classes where, like, I was very disengaged. So I'm not going to remember what assignments I turned in, what assignments I didn't, what tests I studied for. Well, I know I didn't study for most of the tests, which ones I didn't. It just depended on on if I cared, but I was not tuned in Mm -hmm. because that stuff didn't really matter to me at the time. Like, all that stuff was just a bunch of busy work, was just a bunch of professors talking, mm-hmm. and I was not taking that seriously because there was something serious in front of me. Mm-hmm. It was like, there was this scene in Straight Outta Compton where they were like, oh, yeah, the FBI's on you. They got, you know, they're on your tail, this and that, whatever. And Ice Cube's son, who played Ice Cube, he was like, you know, we still worried about the police. Right. <laughs> Meaning, yeah, the FBI's a heavy hitter, and they can do more, but you're going to pay attention to your immediate danger. Mm-hmm. And his immediate danger was the police. Right. So while, yeah, I mean, not, not doing well in classes and not not being engaged, it can have effects. Mm-hmm. My immediate concern was whether or not Latrice would be okay, mm-hmm. whether or not she's doing well in her classes, you know, whether or not her confidence is still up. Mm-hmm. You know, it can really, any change in your life can drive you into a deep depression if you're, you know, depending on how you personally adjust and address things. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously, she obviously can't do the things she used to. So I don't know how that's affecting her throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that she's still worried about me right. because <laughs> she knows that I don't enjoy my classes and some of them were really not great and you know some of these you know these professors they're not getting paid to teach so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you're just kind of in there sometimes mm-hmm. and so I was just trying to have a good balance and it wasn't the best balance as far as school goes but mm-hmm. bottom line and what I will always say I just wanted the uh, trees to be okay nice. if she was okay I'd be okay period like nah <laughs> um okay so walk through the uh with the people what were some of the things that you literally had to change to accommodate me and my concussion? So I couldn't play my videos too loud. Mm-hmm. No, like big percussive noises. Like if I hit a no, like hidden things that are like metal or hard plastic, just not hidden things that just makes a big noise. Mm-hmm. Man, of course, the lights, there was light sen- sensitivity. Mm hmm. 
Uh, Latrice would ask me to drive a little smoother. Of course, the waking up before my classes to take her to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, they were putting her on pills, certain types of pills and stuff too. So making sure she took those if she wanted to. I didn't. And there were a lot of things. But also, it really falls back to the patience. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be patient. It's hard. Like, yeah. you know, you're literally the person was just this way and is now different. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. So, even that, just trying to integrate more patience into my life when I don't have a patient personality type at all. Like, none of my, <laughs> at all. No personality test I've ever taken has called me patient, and I consider myself the complete opposite. Okay. That's why I was so sarcastic as a kid, because I'm impatient with some things that people let spew out of their mouth, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. And and also not being so critical. You know, so uh, as a Virgo, I'm critical. Mm-hmm. You know, not because I'm a Virgo. I just I happen to be a Virgo and I'm very critical. Very so so just, yeah, critical and logical as Latrice is, is, is more artsy and, you know, not, not trying to crunch information and data and stuff every Emotional. time. Every time she says stuff. So just not being so critical and not trying to bring her into my world. All the time because that's just not what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Bringing her into my world was just like putting her in somebody else's straight line student world where they're about to go work for one of these uh, big companies. There's nothing wrong with that, but not everybody's on that track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just that mental that mental thing, holding myself accountable and trying to be the best person I could be again. What was your biggest challenge when we were in college with the post-concussion syndrome and how did you overcome that? The biggest challenge I faced probably was that I, there were times where I didn't feel like you were helping yourself and I had to like fall back on it mm-hmm. because getting mad at you for being active and for doing things that go directly against your recovery, mm-hmm. though it may make sense and though it may be warranted, it's not going to help. Right. So just just holding my tongue and just falling back. And just realizing that, you know, college ends at some point mm-hmm. and she'll get her rest in our gap year. Yeah. The gap year was already in my mind. It wasn't in Latrice's yet. She was trying to go straight into grad school. Mm-hmm. But as far as I was concerned, I wasn't trying to jump into anything. I was trying to take that gap year and figure out what I was going to do. Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of changes I went through. There were a lot of things that I thought was going to happen that didn't. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of shifts that went on in my mind. And luckily, I came from a background where I could take the time to have a whole year to figure all those things out. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward to now, what's something that you think is a, a challenge that you're facing with me still having the post-concussion syndrome symptoms? Well, now now is more of an adjustment, but now I just make sure that I don't make too many like jokes about it. Like, like oh, that's funny. You started stuttering or something like yeah. that. because Because although it feels different for me because now – we both have an understanding that you have post-concussion syndrome. All that might feel the same to you, like, every time I say it. Like, it might feel the same to you as if I would have said it right after you got it. So, mm-hmm. just me trying to make sure I don't do too much of that. And um, the driving has really been a challenge because I drive pretty rough. Like, I, uh, as far as my stopping goes, like, you're never just going to see me just come to, like, hard stops and do hard, super hard, like, 90-degree turns and stuff. But I don't drive, like, a little... Like, I'm not a professional driver. Like, I don't have million-dollar people in my back seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only drove with a kid in the back once. Right. And that, that kind of scared me a little bit. So, um, just driving a little more subtly. And then 
just being there really so most of the, the what latrice really wanted was for me to just be there physically mm-hmm. be there physically and mentally so that she knew that i was there and, and could help her and could be there for her. so just just being that i mean that comes with communication patience and just being that person and it's not always going to be easy you're not always going to get along with the person you want to be there for mm-hmm. but me just being there and being available yeah so that and the reason why that's a challenge is because again circumstantially you're not always going to get along yeah you're not always going to be patient post concussion syndrome is not something that you're always going to like right but you still got to be there mm-hmm. cuz people need you and those symptoms are there regardless yeah and sometimes Latrice is like, man, I don't know what I would have did if if, if uh, we weren't together when you when um when this occurred. Because I mean, because you had to pay for some of my medical bills too, and that came out of what you got from your internships. Yeah, yeah. So there was there was that, you know, there was a lot going on, mm-hmm. right? But I was I was definitely up for it. Mm-hmm. I have a personality type where it's like a guardian type, mm-hmm. and I would naturally take care of people. So it was nothing to take care of Latrice, but there's still a there's still productive ways to do it. Right. And that's what I had to assess and channel. Mm-hmm. So we normally hear about people who are going through the injuries and how it affects them and things that they want people to know about it. So for anybody who is dealing with somebody who has an injury or specifically post-concussion syndrome, what would you say to either your partner that has post-concussion syndrome or just to other people who don't realize, you know, what you're going through being the person, you know, on the sidelines helping the person who's injured. What what do you want to say to those people? That I'm going to be honest. Let me get controversial. Don't expect it to go away. Just don't. Like, don't expect it. Don't expect for it to get better. Don't expect it to go away. Meet the person right where they are and help them right mm-hmm. there. What they need right there. Right, because you're gonna get disappointed with all them expectations. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when when Latrice went from being able to just put a sentence together to stuttering as soon as she started the sentence, and then, or or when she was about to talk to me and just instantly started forgetting what she was about to say, like these are huge differences from the person who's been doing creative writing for like what six years, longer than that, <laughs> coming up to that point and just you know just the super fluent, whimsical with all the words person. I mean, just and then it it gets chopped up like that to where it's like she's she's struggling to speak. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And at those times, it's really hard for my mind to be like, oh yeah, this. I mean, it was easy for me to say it'll get better when it was that drastic of a change. But once it goes on for a longer time, and then you start learning that the, these are changes in the brain, mm-hmm. and that changes in the brain have to be addressed pretty fast, and you never know. Like I, don't, I mean, I I'm not a brain scientist. I don't know if that stuff is gonna heal my expectations disappeared. Mm-hmm. So I'm not banking on, oh, all this will go away. Mm-hmm. I'm just meeting Miss Latrice right where she is and helping her based on that. So if it, for anybody else who has a partner that has post-concussion syndrome or anything else, it might be anxiety, it might be depression, it might be a number of different things, or there's a whole lot of different things that can affect your life. Mm-hmm. You just meet them where they are. And, every, and anybody who's in a relationship... Where, you know, one of the partners or both of you deals with certain things or has certain things going on, you know that. You got to meet them right where they are. Mm-hmm. And you know how bad it got when you didn't meet them right where they were, when you expected too much mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then for you, 
something that you would want to say to me, the person who's dealing with it? What's something you want to say from your perspective? Really, um, just stay positive and just you got to reevaluate your life. So if you had a life plan, you need to reevaluate the life plan Mm -hmm. and make it more realistic to who you are now. You're a completely different person now. See, some some people it's like, okay, I might have got a boob job, might have did something external or something like that. I don't Mm -hmm. know why I said boob job, (laughs) but but you know what I'm saying. And they're like, oh, it changed who I am or I changed my hair color. But this is literally your brain changing. Once your brain changes, you have completely changed who you are. Mm -hmm. That is literally who you are. Mm -hmm. So since you're a different person, you need to come up with different goals, a different life plan, Mm -hmm. a different timeline, different expectations. You need to understand that you're different. Mm -hmm. That way, that might cut down on your uh, susceptibility to depression. Mm-hmm. And the the worst thing that you can do is be disappointed in yourself day in and day out. That's really going to eat away at you. And even if your partner is super strong, that's going to eat away at your partner. Mm-hmm. And if they don't tell you, it's going to eat away at them and eat away at them and eat away at them. And they're not going to know how to help you. They're not going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. So you got to be in good standing with yourself. The battle is with yourself. But you also got to keep it real to do that. And that was very well said. Now, my question, I know I'm not asking it the way I should, so let me try and do it this way. As far as your efforts and what you are doing as the partner on the side who does not have the injury, what is something you want to tell the partner who does have post-concussion syndrome? So, like, for example, somebody, one of the partners might say, we just want you to know that we're trying. So I'm, I'm trying no matter what. So, like, from your perspective, as far as what you're doing with your efforts, in, in consideration of me, what is something you would want to say to me as the person who is injured? Yeah, that's a long question. And I don't know. I didn't follow. But no, no, no. You don't you don't gotta try it again. This <laughs> is this is what I really wanted to say. This is what I really wanted to say. All right. When you get in a relationship with somebody, know that the person you get with then is not always gonna be that same exact person. Mm-hmm. This is something I really wanted to address. So for some people, the other person doesn't change until they're married. Mm-hmm. Then they got marriage to blame, though. Right. They're like, oh, man, I'm trapped in that marriage, my contracts, money, and all these other things, right? Like, oh, my gosh, she done switched up on me. But for us, it, well, marriage wasn't involved or anything like that. The person changed, and the person will change regardless. So I had to withstand that early. Mm-hmm. And like I said in even our last episode about the uh, Clifton strengths, it was one of my fears. Like, what happens if I'm in a relationship with somebody and all of a sudden something changes? Or, you know, we go through a a tragic event or I end up taking care of this person or whatever. Like, what would that do to me? Would I be would I be up for? Would I stay with them? Mm -hmm. Like, I I would think about these things just because those are the scenarios I run through my head. And before I know it, I'm in there and that never like it didn't match up with those thoughts. I didn't say, oh, this is the scenario. Let me step <laughs> up to the plate. No, I just started reacting. Mm-hmm. And then later on, as you were reflecting. Yeah. I, yeah. Later on, when you reflect like later, I'm talking years later mm-hmm. is when I'm like I, I was tested and I reacted the way I should have mm-hmm. stayed right there and helped. And that's that's what I did. Now, is that what everybody's going to do? I don't know. But mm-hmm. what you got to understand is that people are going to change and you got to think about, are you are you up for that? Are you ready for that? Do you know how to address it? And if you don't, 
Um, hopefully you're one of those people who adapt well or one of those people who are good on the spot or, you know, you're kind of malleable or, or something. Because if not, things can go away really fast. So worst case scenario, I have these concussion symptoms years from now still. What is something you would tell me as the person who is, I'll say, dealing with these concussion symptoms? So I read this book called Millionaire Success Habits, Dean Graciosi. You'll see him on ads. He'll be talking just like this, all on the camera, blah, 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 right? So one thing he said he had you make was that unique ability circle, right? Mm -hmm. So you have your unique ability circle. It's like five different levels, whatever, right? And they go outward and outward and outward with you being in the middle, mm -hmm. right? So when you're in, the, in your first circle is the things that you're great at, right? Mm -hmm. And then the further out you get are the, thing, the things you're writing down or things that you're not so good at and not so good at. And then you're bad at and then you're horrible at and stuff like that. So I would say you need to make your unique, unique ability circle, do only what you're good at, and hire teams for the rest. That's what everybody does. Like these these rich people who are, have their hands on all these different things, they're not doing it all themselves. Mm -hmm. They have teams doing that stuff. Literally, like... Like, like you see, like Will Smith's Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's a media team doing that stuff. Yeah, all them edits and all that stuff and whatever. He's not sitting there, sitting at the computer editing videos mm -hmm. when he could be out making money. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, so I would say really focus on your unique abilities, and then um, with you, you know, you'll you'll get going, you'll blow up, and then you'll be able to fund your own efforts by. Um, bringing on teams but your thoughts like specifically what what are you thinking if you have to still go through this with me what would you want me to be thinking about as far as you're concerned so you went from me to you and me to you uh, i need a simpler question you said what do you want me to be thinking about if you're concerned with me and then you're because you're yeah. my partner yes and i'm going through these issues yes. years later yeah dominique and latrice yeah yes how yep how do you want what what words would you say to me? Let me just let me do an example, right? Oh gosh. Dom, I might be feeling guilty that you have changed your whole entire life to suit me. So, what would you say to me if I'm feeling like that? What I would say is at some point in life you got to pay the price. I paid the price early. So there was going to be something that was going to make me have to make changes in my life and have to adapt. This was one of those things. It could have been this. It could have been something much worse. Mm -hmm. But it happens to people. People have something that derailed them. Now, did I get derailed? No, because I'm adaptable. But people are going to have things that kind of like throws them off the tracks for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have to bounce back from it. This was mine. This was something that, to me, this is something that happens in life. So the fact, I mean... Yes, it, it had to do with you, and it caused some what looks like inconveniences, but the life skills and the lessons learned from it outweigh all of that. Mm -hmm. So, you are a very positive force in my life, Miss Latrice. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead and reply to that. <laughs> Thanks, Dominique Shelby. Mm, are you blushing? No. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, folks, that's all we got for today.